This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the health department reports 51 new fatalities and almost 3,000 new cases of COVID-19. Did you ever think we'd reach the point where that many deaths and illnesses almost qualify as good news? It's certainly not good, but it is an improvement. More than 600,000 Floridians have now been infected. The death toll is at least 10,462. Florida's economic recovery stumbled in July. A new report from the Labor Department shows unemployment increased in July after a couple of months of gradual improvement. Florida's July 2020 unemployment rate was up one percentage point from the revised June 2020 rate and up 8.2 percentage points from the July 2019 rate. Officials at the Department of Economic Opportunity say they don't know yet if July's rate was an aberration or if we're actually entering a second wave of unemployment. Either way, Democrats say the governor and Republicans who control the state legislature has screwed the pooch on COVID-19. Our presiding officers, the Senate president and the Speaker of the House effectively are behind closed doors negotiating stuff with the governor. That is a violation of separation of powers plain and simple. That is not how things are supposed to be done. They're supposed to be done. The public's business should be done in public with their elected representatives. Today on Sunrise, a deep dive on the politics of unemployment during the COVID crisis. More schools are opening their doors for in-person instruction and universities are reopening for the first time since March. State Senator Janet Cruz says stand by for a new wave of infections and fatalities. Get ready to see outbreaks all over in the colleges, in the schools, and then we can point the finger at the governor and say, you forced this. The teachers union has already filed suit over the forced reopening of schools, and we're still waiting on a ruling from a judge who heard the case last week. Democrats in the legislature are renewing their call for a special session to deal with unemployment, elections, and a myriad of issues affected by the pandemic. They say the response from the governor and legislative leaders is actually a violation of the state constitution. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who lost his job as a city manager after being accused of battering a councilwoman who voted against renewing his contract. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, August 24th. The gradual reopening of Florida public schools continues today as 14 more systems reopen. Brevard, Flagler, Indian River, Jackson, Lake, Marion, Nassau, Osceola, Pasco, Pinellas, Polk, Putnam, Sumter, and Taylor counties. State Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa says there's going to be trouble, and she believes the next wave of coronavirus will emerge from those classrooms. They've been forced to open, and they've been held hostage by state dollars. Get ready to see outbreaks all over in the colleges, in the schools, and then we can point the finger at the governor and say, you forced this. You forced their hand by withholding dollars. They had no option other than to open the brick and mortar. So when teachers die and students are sick and students take back um, the virus to their grandparents who might be living with them or even their parents, these deaths are on the hands of those that forced our hand. And we should step back to safety because we are headed for a spike in cases. The governor and his education commissioner have been relentless in the push to reopen, even though many local officials say they're really not ready. The Florida Education Association has already sued. The judge who oversaw the trial last week is expected to rule any time now. State Senator Gary Farmer of Broward County says the rush to reopen is the fault of the governor. And he says that's not the only thing Ron DeSantis has botched during the pandemic. I think you can best uh, sum up uh, the governor's um, 
reaction or lack of reaction to this COVID crisis uh, as an ostrich approach. Uh, he continues to bury his head in the sand, hoping for the best, uh, uh, emulating uh, the president who keeps talking about a miracle that's going to come and save us all. Um, there's no miracle who's, that's coming here. Uh, it is incumbent upon elected leaders of this state uh, to find answers and to help Floridians who continue to suffer day after day after day over the myriad of effects that this COVID virus has brought on our society and on our economy. And the lack of, of, of that type of leadership and the lack of coherent plans uh, has become galling. Um, we don't have a statewide mask mandate. Uh, we re steadfastly refuse to institute one. Yet we've seen uh, uh, uncontrovertible evidence that masks save lives and masks stop the spread of this virus. Until we stop the spread of this virus, we can never return to normalcy or something that resembles it. What is our plan for Florida? Uh, the governor cannot sit by and wait for the cavalry to come in. He was elected governor of this state to find solutions and implement help for the people who need it right now. Uh, and finally, the governor talks about um, and, and you know, constantly talks about getting the economy back and getting people back to work. Well, we are the Democratic Senate caucus. Uh, we are elected to do a job as well. And, and we have repeatedly asked this governor to call a special session to address the many ills that this state is facing due to COVID. And he and Republican leadership uh, steadfastly refuse. Uh, they don't want to do this before an election. That's what we firmly believe because they do not want to give a platform for the questions that we're asking and highlight the fact that they don't have answers and they have not addressed a broken unemployment system. This system was broken before COVID hit us. Let's make no mistake about it. It was designed to deny and delay benefits. It was designed to provide the lowest benefit amount and the shortest duration uh, uh, in the country. Uh, the, these are, are things that need to be fixed. Um, our supervisors of elections need funding um, to implement safe procedures for upcoming elections. And we are frankly acting in an unconstitutional manner right now. Our constitution says that if our revenue uh, uh, is depleted by 1.5% or more, that the legislature shall be convened to address it. What the governor is doing is plugging CARES money in uh, and, and, and putting it into general revenue instead of spending those monies on the specific purposes for which they were allocated by the United States Congress. That is illegal. And so, um, the Governor, uh, call us back, put us in a special session, let's start addressing these things. Floridians want and deserve answers, and they deserve real solutions. And this ostrich approach is not going to work. Uh, we see that this virus is not going away. We see our economy continuing to suffer. And until we have coherent plan and leadership from the very top, Floridians are going to continue to suffer. And if you want to talk about suffering, we simply have to talk about Florida's unemployment compensation system, or the lack of it. Next up, a deep dive on the politics of joblessness. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Florida Hospital Association members are safe, ready, and equipped to care for all Floridians. 
As our hospitals resume elective procedures, ensuring the safety and well-being of our patients, employees, and communities remains our first priority. Contact your local healthcare provider for information on visitation policies, access restrictions, and how to get needed care safely. Please visit the Florida Hospital Association at fha.org/covid for more information. Welcome back to Sunrise. Florida is trying to get back to business during the middle of a pandemic, and it's not looking very good right now, especially if you're one of the people laid off, furloughed, or outright fired because of the COVID crisis. Florida's unemployment rate back in February was under 3%, but it shot up to almost 14% after the state closed down for COVID. The jobless rate went down in May and June as Florida began recovering some of the jobs lost to the virus. But Adrienne Johnson at the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity says the unemployment rate went up again in July. Florida's seasonally unemployment rate in July 2020 was 11.3%. This represented 1,125,100 jobless individuals out of a labor force of 9,975,000. Florida's July 2020 unemployment rate was up one percentage point from the revised June 2020 rate and up 8.2 percentage points from the July 2019 rate. Florida's unemployment rate was 1.1 percentage points higher than the national rate of 10.2%. Florida's labor force grew to 9,975,000 in July 2020, and this was due to both increases in employment and unemployment. In July 2020, Osceola County had the highest unemployment rate, 20.2%, followed by Orange County at 16.1%, and Miami-Dade County at 14.2%. Lafayette and Wakulla counties had the state's lowest unemployment rate at 6.4% each, followed by Baker and Gilchrist counties at 6.6% each. Despite that increase in the unemployment rate, Johnson says the state did add almost 78,000 new jobs in July. So we saw, of course, in April, the kind of the peak of um, business closures across the state. And since then, we have continued to see businesses reopening. And I think we saw that continued trend in July. Um, theme parks did open uh, right during the reference week uh, in July, so that certainly had an impact in the Central Florida area. Um, but I think what you're seeing is an overall trend of businesses continuing to open across the board, um, across most sectors. Leisure and hospitality gained 37,000 jobs over the month, and this was driven by 33,200 jobs gained in arts, entertainment, and recreation. This was followed by professional and business services, which added 17,000 jobs over the month. Trade, transportation, and utilities added 13,700 jobs over the month. And education and health services added 11,100 jobs over the month. The industries that lost jobs over the month were construction, which lost 6,300 jobs, information, which lost 700 jobs. And just to clarify, this is not information technology, but it includes publishing, broadcasting, and telecommunications. Manufacturing and other services also lost 100 jobs each over the month. The Democratic leader in the state Senate is not impressed by any of this. To Senator Audrey Gibson of Jacksonville, the increase in the unemployment rate is one more failure by the people who run state government. While we don't relish hearing about doom and gloom, the rosy picture attempted to be painted by the governor's job agency at their teleconference to talk about last month's job data and a dashboard that those still in unemployed uh, and trying to feed their families could care less about 
was not a rosy picture at all. Um, the agency is talking about, though, more still more than a million Floridians waiting for some kind of unemployment benefit um, that it has not delivered. Um, and in some cases, we still have people waiting since March. The largest cities with the highest cost of living still are suffering. Their unemployment rates are still through the roof. DEO won't tell us how many uh, who have filed for unemployment benefits have received payment in full. We still don't know. So not only are our largest cities still suffering, those in between are suffering as well. They won't tell us or can't tell us how many of the almost 700,000 who have been thrown into the ineligible pool uh, why they're ineligible, why they were thrown out, and whether or not they actually are eligible for benefits. They also can't explain how more than 3.5 million claims submitted have been identified as unique and ready for processing, but just 1.9 million claimants have been paid, leaving 1.6 million unaccounted for. That's 1.6 million individuals and families still suffering, still looking for food, potentially with no medical coverage. We can do better than that. We are better than that. State Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez of Miami has been dogging the governor over unemployment since the pandemic began, in part because his office was flooded with calls from people who were frustrated and fed up with trying to navigate the state unemployment system. I think the biggest problem that we have is again the lack of leadership. We have a head in the sand approach to the public health crisis, which in turn means that the economic recovery that our families and our communities so desperately need is lagging and lagging and the data shows it. Uh, we need to put public health first and have a safe reopening plan. Uh, the, the spiking numbers uh, followed by continually high numbers of infection um, and the, 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 the sluggish economy are, uh, are borne out uh, by the fact that a lot of businesses are going from uh, furlough to layoff to permanent closure. And, you know, the, the, the anecdotally, you know, the calls to my office uh, on unemployment issues, they're old issues, new issues. The calls have not slowed down. Things are not getting better for those out-of-work Floridians that are trying to, uh, trying to get the assistance that the system's supposed to provide. Uh, the legislature has not been in session since March, and uh, our, our presiding officers, the Senate president and the Speaker of the House, uh, effectively are behind closed doors negotiating stuff with the governor. Uh, that is a violation of separation of powers, plain and simple. That is not how things are supposed to be done. They're supposed to be done. The public's business should be done in public with their elected representatives. The DeSantis administration has spent more than $100 million slapping Band-Aids on the system, but Senator Lori Berman of Palm Beach County says it is still a wreck and Floridians cannot rely on it. The governor almost never mentions the unemployment system during his regular COVID conferences, unless, of course, he's asked about it after the dog and pony show has ended. And then he only talks about how much money the state has paid out, which is deceptive because the vast majority of that money came from the feds, not the state. And Senator Janet Cruz says the governor never mentions all the claims that are being denied. Are counting on this money to survive and the results are a deviation below pitiful honestly 
they've rolled out a new platform to show data relating to labor statistics. And I'm not sure that we really console those 1.6 million individuals still waiting for a first paycheck. And, you know, Governor, how dare you lavish in this roadshow that you're touting anything but unemployment and a broken system when you run across the state and talk about other accomplishments while never even addressing the folks that are hungry, that are in line, um, in the food lines, that are uh, moving out of their homes, going to live with family. Um, this is a disaster. The state is a disaster when it relates to unemployment. One final note about the new unemployment report. It shows there are 1.2 million fewer Floridians in the workforce today than a year ago, but only two-thirds of them are on the unemployment list. The rest have simply vanished. Adrienne Johnson at the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity says they do not count people who are not actively looking for work, and a lot of people have apparently given up on finding a job during the COVID crisis. Those who are participating in the labor force are counted if they are either employed or unemployed and looking for work. Um, so there may be individuals who are no longer employed for a variety of reasons, um, and they're, they're answering the survey that they are no longer looking for work. And if that's the case, then they are not considered unemployed um, or part of the labor force. So those individuals, um, they, they may be um, not participating in the labor force uh, because they're retired. It could be because they're in school. It be, could, could be because of an illness or taking care of a loved one. Um, or it could be that they um, have uh, they, they don't believe that they're going to find a job. So there are a lot of reasons that people may not be participating in the labor force. Your calendar of political events gets off to a late start today. The Florida Board of Pharmacy Rules Committee will hold a conference call at one to talk about a proposed rule that's part of an effort to expand the authority of pharmacists to provide health care services. The trustees of Polk State College meet in Winter Haven at four. The Florida Democratic Party is holding an online fundraising event about rallying youth voters. State Representatives Anna Eskimani of Orlando and Dan Daly of Coral Springs will join Florida Democratic Party Chairwoman Terry Rizzo at 6.30. And convicted Republican political consultant Roger Stone, who would be in prison now, if not for a commutation from Donald Trump, is scheduled to appear at a Club 45 USA event in West Palm Beach at 7 this evening. Finally today, a Florida man who used to work as city manager of the town of Mascot in Lake County is accused of battering a member of the city council and calling her white trash. Witnesses say 62-year-old Jim Gleason was furious because the town council had just voted not to renew his contract, which had already expired in July. The police report says Gleason was fighting outside the Civic Center with Mayor Pro Tem Brenda Basher and her husband, who was the town's fire chief. Witnesses told police Gleason focused his anger at Brasher and began aggressively poking her on the shoulder, bumping her with his chest and screaming profanity. Gleason faces a felony charge of battery on a public official and a misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct. He spent almost five hours in jail before bonding out. His attorney says Gleason is not guilty. He claims it was the result of a false allegation by the former city manager's personal and professional rivals. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.